It's his second time through and he hasn't even taken a hit yet. He's a wizard. Do you realize how many outside systems I've gone into? How many programs I've appropriated? You were recruited by the Starling to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Damage report! Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. Defense! She won't answer the helm. What do we do? We die. You're listening to the Gamers Must Die podcast. I'm your host, Ben Malahan, here with Alex Moreau and Jared Riley. Hey, yo. Hello. Okay, Alex, so uh, this past weekend, you did some sort of like game-making competition at yeah, your college. So tell us about this competition, what it was, and what you did and stuff. It's my first time making a game, so as you can imagine, it was awful. <laughs> Uh, now, did you code the game? Did you do the artwork? What What did you do? Oh, I only did artwork. Okay. It was it's a two day event, so I did artwork for about twenty hours over those two days, just like nothing but drawing straight for like ten hours a day. Okay. We were really ambitious, or like my team was really ambitious with what we'd be able to accomplish, um, because we were the only team that had like a creative writing major <laughs> assigned to us. So he wanted to create this huge, like, RPG with this massive plot and shit like that. I'm like, Sounds like a typical starry-eyed creative writing major who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> man, we only got two days. There's no way we can make even two levels of yeah. this game. We should shoot for one, and we should have one mission, and we should be thankful if we have all of our assets and music and functional gameplay. And he was just like... No. So we were stretched a little bit thin, but um, the assets turned out great, and our little game actually won awards for best art. So fuck yeah. Nice. What kind of, what was the art style that you did? Um, Originally, I tried doing pixel art and wasted like three hours on that because I just couldn't get a good style down. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just do what I do best. And I scrapped all the pixel art. And I painted all of the assets. Interesting. So um, it had kind of like a cartoony, stereotypically indie game look to it with like watercolor textures just thrown on top and shit like that. Yeah. But it was good stuff. The characters are pretty cute. I'll be interested to see some of this art and also put it in the blog post for this. Sure. So. I'll send it your way. The ones Sweet. that I am more proud of. <laughs> because, like, the last day was definitely just like, just fucking make things. I don't even care. Yeah, like. Right. Especially when it came to drawing the environmental assets, like fucking furniture and bushes and shit like that. Yeah. I was just like, three curlies and it's a bush. Now, Done. What do you use? Do you use like a drawing tablet or do you draw it on paper and scan it in? Like what's your... Oh, I just use a tablet. Cool. Cool. Yep. Fastest, easiest. Yeah. I'm really spoiled by it. Oh, yeah. No, those are amazing. <laughs> I have a, I have just uh, kind of a really basic one, um, but it's so nice. So, so nice. So What kind is it? It's a Wacom bamboo oh yeah those like, things are solid yeah i mean it was like you know 80 bucks simple tablet yeah you get tablet, a lot of mileage out of them for how cheap they are yeah too, yeah so yeah so cool well uh anything else to say on on your little game design deal are you gonna do it again someday um i'm definitely gonna do it again and i'm definitely going to push the whole scope thing a little bit more 
and I'll probably work on the pixel art before that happens. <laughs> I get a lot of questions from um, like budding game developers, like what is your advice for me? you know, when I make a game. Yeah. And so for people who are just making a game just regular, not even in two days, my advice is, listen, keep it fucking simple. Uh, don't make it too ambitious to start. Basically, come up with a cool idea for a game. doesn't have to be the most unique idea ever or anything like that. Come up with a good idea for a game that you know is going to be fun and then do it as minimalistic as possible. Like, get everything in there you need to make it a good game and nothing else in terms of features, anything like that. Because all that, the way games are designed nowadays, um, players expect there to be updates frequently. They add stuff and whatnot. But you need to get your fucking game out the door. And so what you need to do is simplify it down to the most basic essential elements. Do that. Uh, get it released. And then build on it from there. So. so be like the anti-Phil Fish. Uh, did Phil Fish design differently than that? He was more like, it's not ready, it's not ready, and just like holding on to it, pushing the release date back. Now, constantly. granted, I am a perfectionist too, like a with a debilitating perfectionist streak. Um, so I have to fight my natural tendency to do the, just that. Uh, but I think for somebody like Phil Fish and Fez, I think that yeah, that's an example of something where you know, obviously, he just had it going on too long, um, but he was successful with it. So yeah. you know, but you know, just just basic basic advice for the average. Um, like wannabe game developer is you know don't reinvent the wheel don't um, bite off more than you can chew and just do you know get a game out and from there it's so much easier to keep developing when you have people playing your game giving you feedback and it's so much better to know then uh, what you should add like what players want oh, to yeah. have added so the feedback is huge yeah we ran it we didn't do any testing on our game before yeah. we presented it to the jam so we didn't realize there was a huge fatal flaw with our coding. So um, the game was an RPG, top-down, like Pokemon style, and it involved a couple of like sliding block puzzles, mostly just to like facilitate some form of gameplay while we attempted to tell a story. Yeah. And uh, the sliding block puzzles were broken because we had never um, tested the blocks against each other. Yeah. Because we just intuitively knew that you, like, we just, we were, like, programmed not to do that because of how often we play fucking sliding block puzzles, right? So we're, okay. we didn't even try. But when we had our player come up for the contest and play the game, they immediately broke it because they pushed the blocks into each other. So they, like, slid on top of each uh, other. Yep. <laughs> and it just, like, ruined, it ruined all the pacing, all the gameplay because the sliding block puzzles forced you to progress through the world in a certain way. Right. But he just went straight from the very beginning of the game all the way to the very end of the game and skipped like 75% of the content. And we were just like, we spent all that time. Yeah. <laughs> all that effort. Why? <laughs> well, that's another reason, especially for like two days to keep it simple because you do need to test. Mm -hmm. And um, the simpler it is, the less chance there is for a bug like that to yeah, you know, exactly. get missed. But I'm glad that uh, you had fun with that. So. Thank you. Okay. So... Uh, lately, there's been some stuff that's happened. The big thing in terms of the console world, um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, the next Call of Duty game and their yearly cycle, mm -hmm. uh, was announced, and the trailer was pretty poorly received. And then a few days later, Battlefield 1, they're calling it, um, was announced, and the trailer was incredibly well received. Battlefield 1 is set... 
uh, in World War One, hmm. which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, oh. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is set in the future. Looks like a fucking Halo game. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Um, players have kind of been asking, listen, you know, recent Call of Duties, the problem we have is like... They're fucking just getting too crazy. There's, there's, you know, just too much stuff. We don't really like the future setting. Kind of, we kind of want to go back and see a modern shooter um, set in, you know, another, like we want more World War Two or like simpler yeah, shooters. Yeah, I like historic shooters. Yeah, and you know, because there was a time when like every fucking shooter was World War Two, but that was the like original back, Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, but that was back during like the PS2 era, and so now the technology has improved so much that people want to see a modern first-person shooter set in those eras. So. It's kind of like the Battlefield people listened to the fans and Call of Duty <laughs> didn't. It was about fucking time, though. I mean, it's been such, so much modern warfare lately. It's just Oh, crazy. no. Like, the last Call of Duty games were, I think, they were Advanced Warfare, Ghost, uh, and Black Ops 3, all of them, you know, set in the future. And, yep. and I haven't played a Call of Duty since Black Ops 2 because of that, because I just, the future setting just didn't thrill me. I think I've played since Modern Warfare 3. We'll talk about Call of Duty more in a second, but then Battlefield 1... They were, by the way, the trailer is fucking awesome for Battlefield 1. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I didn't see I that. Seen it. it has like a alternate cover of the Seven Nation Army song from, from uh, the White Stripes did a while back. Oh, but cool. Anyway, just it all, it all it was an amazing trailer. Um, is there like horseback yeah, and stuff? I mean, there's, there's horseback. And there's like, oh, there, cool. there was like fucking muskets back then too. I mean, people they didn't even have like repeating rifles and stuff that all that like semi-automatic The and trailer stuff. is really <laughs> fucking good. Like you're gonna have to actually rely on your pistols to kill people in that yeah, game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so awesome. The, the funny thing to me was, of course, you know, online the whole meme is that Call of Duty sucks, Battlefield is awesome, blah blah blah. Yeah. But um, so all the Battlefield like fans were kind of salivating over the game, talking about, oh, I'm gonna pre-order it now, and blah blah blah. They have such short memories because back when Battlefield Four came out, the first like month or so, it was buggy as shit. And they're all like, well, the way to solve this is to never pre-order a Battlefield game again and blah, blah, blah. It's like they all the reason why this keeps on happening is nobody actually. Because they're like goldfish. Yeah. Like they just get excited and they're just like, oh, new Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. So but honestly, Battlefield one, it looks awesome. That's a crappy title, but I think the game sounds pretty cool. I have a lot more interest in a title like that than well, not the title, a game like that than any other first-person shooter that's come out in ages. Yeah, so. absolutely. Now, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, there is one other detail about it, is that if you pre-order it, uh, it comes with a um, remake of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That's Call of Duty 4. This is the one that really kind of defined how modern first-person shooters operate in terms of like you know the leveling up and um, having limited loadout where you choose your guns and choose your perks and stuff and um, it really kind of set the stage for the past, you know, six, seven years for first person shooters, at least on consoles. So they're doing a remake of that bundled with uh, Infinite Warfare if you pre-order. And I'm sure they're eventually going to sell it separately. People are all pissed about, wow, I just, just want to buy that separately. I'm sure you're going to be able to like a month after <laughs> yeah. Infinite Warfare comes out. Um, but I'm really excited because... Again, um, back then, simpler game. The weapons weren't all like super mega death, instant kill. You know, the maps were smaller. I felt like the maps were better designed. Um, and the maps they've announced so far, um, I think there's like some some in the neighborhood of like 18 maps, if you count the DLC for uh, Modern Warfare. They've announced 10 of the maps returning so far. Um, and uh, my favorite two maps, Overgrown, 
which if, for those of you who played it was like the one on the farm with kind of the trench in the middle, uh, which I think they eventually released also for Modern Warfare 2 to play. Um, and then uh, Wet Work, which if you played Modern Warfare multiplayer, it's the one on the ship with all the shipping containers. Um, and it was like the best grenade throwing map in the history of like first person shooters. Because basically every time you spawned, you'd like run 10 feet and throw a grenade up in the air. And you had pretty good odds of blowing some motherfucker <laughs> up on the other side. Just because the shipping containers kept everyone so... It was, it was just such a narrow map. Yeah. You had to know where to throw them where people were clustered probably, but it's just so much fun. I disagree. I think, I think Bespin in, uh, in, um, Star Wars Battlefront. I'm sorry. I should say my favorite Call of Duty map. I don't, I don't know if I said the first person <laughs> shooter map. Cloud City, man. That was, that was great. That was, was a great, grades. great map. By the way, they, uh, EA announced Battlefront 2. Uh, oh. Coming out. Did yeah, you buy the first that. one? No, but it's down to like 20 bucks now. And so I'm probably going to buy it. Did I think they you release any it. additional maps for it? Yeah, there's been some DLC, I think. Mm. The, the basic complaint about it, though, isn't aren't the maps. It's the gameplay. It's just too generic and, and whatnot. Again, I can't judge for myself because I haven't played it. But from, from the people, I mean, I've seen some gameplay footage of it. And yeah. It looks kind of fun. No, I'm going to get it because I figure that, you know, worst case scenario, you and I can play it for two hours, have fun with it, and, uh, you know, be fucking... Two hours is worth it yeah. for 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this, this Modern Warfare remake got me thinking really the next big call of duty game should really just be a kind of almost like a compilation game um where they kind of take you know maybe the the weapons from modern warfare three or two and black ops two kind of mesh them together and then bring back all the classic multiplayer maps from all the games over the years like it's if they're going to release a call of duty game every single year i mean why not do a compilation at some point and do like a best of kind of mainstream game you know that makes sense the first thing i thought of when you said compilation was just like leaping through time like going through all the major wars up until like you get to the super futuristic modern warfare infinity kind well, of not shit because well, really called i mean people do play the single player campaign and it's fun to play a single player campaign but call of duty really people buy it for the multiplayer it's true so you know if they release primarily a strictly multiplayer game um with all the favorite hits in terms of maps and favorite weapons and stuff like that could be a, a full call of duty release that people will be super into i think that was the big kind of gaming news lately uh but e3 is coming up soon it's going to take place between uh, june 14th and 16th um and there's some rumors out there nothing like super mind-blowingly exciting yet um apparently mass effect andromeda is going to be at e3 and there's going to be like gameplay demo available for it so cool. I was so underwhelmed by see something. Yeah, I was underwhelmed by that gameplay footage that I saw in that. Oh, you you actually saw it? Yeah. I don't, I don't like fucking jetpack sort of scenarios. Oh, there was jetpacks oh. involved. Yeah, he was like jumping over buildings and shit with a jetpack. That was the little gameplay uh, thing I saw. Huh. I was like, oh man, that doesn't hey, sound very cool. That doesn't sound good at all. It sounds like a return to bullshit from Mass Effect Three that I didn't like. Yeah, make it more of a first, <laughs> more of a shooter than a RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Well, that'll be E3, so I guess we'll see, you know, actual gameplay that wasn't just leaked then and have get people's opinions on how it plays. Yeah, because wasn't that gameplay that leaked from, like, years ago? Yeah, so maybe a, they ditched the jetpacks, Yeah, you never know. We'll see. And uh, apparently there's a new Mass Effect ride at Great America in Santa Clara, California, where, like, it's one of those rides where you sit in it and, you know, it 
moves and there's a screen in front of you and apparently there's like smells involved and stuff <laughs> and like i'm just wondering what the fuck you would see on this ride like, like it's, it involves like a reaper and it's it's, like, it's right before mass effect 3 when the reapers invade earth yeah and, okay uh, yeah you're in some ship that's like in the middle of all the shit i mean that's kind of cool I, it's I, being captained by conrad verner oh yeah conrad like you conrad verner is the guy who's like the super fan like super shepherd super oh, fan. yeah yeah he's like leading yeah <laughs> Really, it's just funny. It's funny. It's funny to me that that it's mainstream enough where that would be an attraction people would go see. You know? Yeah. Especially I can't like, think of like like. Can you think of any other video game rides? Really? Um, not off the top of my head. Yeah, me either. Like, there's no Halo ride. There's no Call of Duty ride. Yeah. No, yeah. not really. So, um, if you're near Great America in California and you like Mass Effect, I mean, go check it go out. Check I guess. It out. Okay, uh, also E3, well, really not at E3, will be the Nintendo NX. There's all these rumors going around for forever that Nintendo NX would be first introduced at E3 this year, and that's not the case. Apparently, they're going to focus on showing off Zelda instead, Yep. <laughs> which is what they've shown in the past two E3s. It's just, it's bizarre why they're not doing the NX, because isn't it slated to come out in like May 2017? So what other chance are they going to get for a huge reveal? Yeah, I mean, they'll probably just do their own big reveal. Um, on Nintendo the, conference or Nintendo some Direct. shit like that? Yeah. But or when's the Tokyo Game Show? Does that happen later this year? Tokyo Game Show. I think that happens in fall. Yeah, maybe they'll wait till then. I don't know. It's just, you know, uh, Nintendo's president, Tatsumi Kimishima? Close, yeah. What, okay, what is it? Tatsumi. Tatsumi. Mm-hmm. Tatsumi Kimishima. That's what I fucking said. <laughs> <laughs> I said close. <laughs> he said uh, the NX is neither the successor to the Wii U nor to the 3DS. It's a new way of playing games, which I think will have a larger impact than the Wii U, but I don't feel it's a pure replacement for the Wii U. Fuck. I said the same thing about Windows 8. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's kind of following the rumors or like the rumors and the details that they've given before where it's trying to become like some sort of PS4, Xbox One competitor, right? Uh, well, that not from that description. Uh, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be about as powerful as an Xbox One mm-hmm. or maybe a little less powerful. Um, and it's going to probably have some sort of gimmicky... I bet it's going to be heavily integrated with their mobile phone type stuff. I believe yeah. it. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of like grossed out thinking about what kind of gimmick they might incorporate into it i mean they could pleasantly surprise me but when i think about like what could it possibly be are they doing vr shit gross are they integrating it with mobile this gross yeah so i can't i can't think of a good gimmick for it to have no the the nice gimmick would be um a regular fucking console and then (laughs) you know maybe nintendo can have a console that's worth buying again for more than three games all right, we've talked about that a lot in the past anyway. So, yeah, NX is scheduled to be released in March of 2017. That's really all there is in terms of news. It's relevant. Gamers must die. Top three list of the week. Gamers must die. Top three list. Top three list. Top three list of the week. Die, die, die. The top three list of the week. Okay, so kind of related to what we were just talking about. Uh, top three games, gaming rumors, etc. that you're most excited about for E3 or just the rest of 2016. So 
If you've heard rumors, if you have things you want to see or things that are coming that you're excited about, pick your top three. That's our list today. Okay. So who's going first? We can go with mine first because it's somewhat painful. Okay. Um, I'm not looking forward to Dick next year. So this coming year, or like this coming year. So, um, my list is just kind of like a very half-hearted, like I'm kind of looking forward to the new Deus Ex. I played the last one. It was fun. I will probably buy the new one. So bam, number one out of the way, right there. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yep. The one that they had the really shitty marketing campaign for. Oh yeah. That was funny and weird looking back on. Yeah. Um, number two for me, again, like it's such a stretch. Um, Zelda, I would like to see more details, but I'm not like foaming at the mouth for it. Yeah. Like game industry for the next year or so is just looking kind of gray for me. The one thing that I'm really holding out for is Bethesda um, because they have a slot for E3 and I'm just hoping that they show something really fucking cool. Some yeah. people are talking about it being a Skyrim HD remake, which would be incredibly disappointing. Mm. I'm personally crossing my fingers that they announce a new Elder Schools that takes place in Elsewhere or the Black Marsh. I would play the shit out of that. Yeah. Wait, so, Skyrim not in HD originally? They're like talking about releasing an HD, super HD remake with okay. like great well, plant textures and shit like, like that. You know, modern consoles and high-end PCs. Yeah, Strange. exactly. So you don't have to buy a mod pack. It looks pretty damn good. It does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I actually started replaying it like last week just for shits and giggles for like all of an hour of free time that I had. So yeah, it's a nice game. But yeah, the only thing that I'm really crossing my fingers for super hard is a Bethesda game. Yeah. Sweet. Um, I'll do my list then because my on my list was uh, Elder Scrolls 6. There's rumors they might tease it at E3. Um, that's even if they tease it at E3, I can't see it being released this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, I, I guess hope we'll, they don't listen to the fans and make it be all about the goddamn um, uh, what Dark Elves again. Like Oh, like, like Morrowind? Fans love fucking Morrowind shit with the goddamn mushroom trees. and like, There's they, a certain sect of fans who like love Morrowind a lot and they're all like bunch of fucking retards they're so rabid about it <laughs> yeah though, like and yeah that's a problem well i mean i really liked Morrowind's setting just like i would like like the black marshes or elsewhere just because it was interesting like i'm so fucking sick of looking at norway basically or like when i was playing oblivion just like looking at like western european castles and shit like that i want to i like the giant mushrooms and the weird huts the crab cities and stuff like that i so. had i hate that i love the <laughs> I love the Nordic theme and the medieval theme. <laughs> yeah, like, the last I, I'm two. with Jared on that one. <laughs> but I see what you're saying, Alex. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I disagree. Respectfully disagree. <laughs> Disrespect. Okay. Right. My problem with the with the Morrowind fans is that they're so fucking rabid. They but, are weird about it. Yeah, I yeah. could just see them really trying to cater to them for the next title, though, and I, I wouldn't like that. I don't think they're a very big group of people. They're just very vocal. Um, also, E3, as we talked about, confirmed to be shown... At E3, Mass Effect Andromeda. A jetpack comment has me worried. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. For those of you listening, Ben just gave like the shiftiest glance I've ever seen. <laughs> 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 Although maybe it was just one of those things like, you know, in the beginning of Mass Effect 3 where you had to do all this bullshit like building, climbing things and you think like, 
Is this gonna be the entire goddamn game? Because I don't want to fucking be like Spider-Manning around all these goddamn <laughs> buildings the whole fucking game. Yeah, but it didn't end up being that way. Yeah, maybe it's just like a jetpack mission or something. Yeah, I, I just want to see it go more, uh, more towards Mass Effect One in terms of being more RPG oriented than uh, shooter yeah. oriented. I don't so. mind just bouncing against like obstacles, like walls and shit. Like I don't need to climb <laughs> over shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'll be very interested to see, you know, the gameplay f- and the comments from that. The other thing that has not received a mention at all in a long time, um, Dragon Quest Builders, which you talked about on the podcast a lot near the end of last year, because it looked fucking amazing. It's out in Japan, got great reviews in Japan. People are importing it. They basically say it's better than Minecraft. Really? Yep. Across the board, it's like the consensus is better than Minecraft. Oh, fuck super yeah. Super interesting. Super awesome throwback to the old games. Still no mention of a North American release, which is... Goddamn. Which is really bumming me out. So... Well, Square Enix America is always kind of disappointing these Well, the days. problem with Square Enix, it, like all the games, the Dragon Quest games that have come over here, um, well, I guess the exception of Dragon Quest Eight. Um, have been published by Nintendo. Like they're the ones who took them and translated them and stuff. Like they, so um, this is for PS4 and Vita. So I'm really, I don't know. They have this awesome game that probably doesn't have that much dialogue. I don't see why they don't bring it over here, especially with the popularity of Minecraft. So anyway, I'm crossing my fingers that either at E3 it'll be announced or sometime this year it'll come out stateside. Um, then I'll have to buy a PS4 to play it. But yeah. That game looks fucking incredible <laughs> they might just be waiting for like a christmas surge or some shit to let it out like, maybe I, I hope so i don't care make what it their golden child because they don't have shit else going for them well final fantasy whatever oh yeah is that coming out this year oh that is coming out in fall yeah mm, okay all right jared so that's my list what do you got uh i had deus ex but uh, I, I put mine on first alex copied me it's true <laughs> sorry <laughs> copycat uh, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm only slightly not that excited because I actually did buy the mobile, uh, game that that was released on on Steam. That was pretty widely panned. That was bullshit. Like you couldn't even really move. Like the controls were so bad. Wait, I can't picture a mobile game this. where you can barely move and the controls are bad. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, a mobile port, it's <laughs> a <laughs> keyboard mouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that game was just. That left a really bad taste in my mouth, but I did like the first Deus Ex, uh, Deus Ex, uh, Human, uh, Revolution? Human Revolution, yeah, quite a bit. I never played any of the earlier ones, but well, there was just one before that, right? Yeah, and it was it was built with like the Half Life engine. Um, I actually own a copy of it on Steam, a gift copy, if you want to play it. Does it still hold up? It does, actually. I mean, not like amazingly well, but it definitely holds up. It's worth playing. Yeah. Yeah. Human well, Revolution was great, though. That I'm hoping that they keep the kind of weird Renaissance aesthetic for the new one. I liked it. That was one of the few video games I actually beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not big on beating video games, really. Uh, yeah. So there's that. My next one, I, I'm going to go for Civ 6 because uh, I don't know. It looks okay. Uh, I read some stuff about it and, uh, you know, previous Civilization games. Apparently, there's there's been like a formula players basically make where like for winning for any faction basically. Yeah, and the creators are like uh, trying to make it not like that, like make it a little bit more unique. Yeah, the experience for every playthrough. Yeah, and like it's not gonna be like one giant like city blob. Uh, like there's gonna be like urban sprawl and stuff. Like you have to like place 
sub buildings. It's like micromanager cool. cities more. Yeah, micromanage it a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. It looks like they're trying to change up the formula a bit, and it was. I if it were if it were the exact same shit as I'd played before in previous Civilization games, I probably would not be that interested in it. But since they're actually trying to innovate a little bit, that it, might be kind of yeah. Cool. It just seems like they're trying to add variability, like so that the every single game isn't like a stupid clone of itself. Yeah. So. You know, I I felt like Civilization, the ones that I played, which are like four and five, um, and then also Civilization Revolution for the Xbox 360. Um, I feel like four and five, like the main civilization games, just do not hit the proper balance of complexity. Like they're like overly complex in some ways, but not complex enough in others. And I just, I just never felt like they, they do a good job of just striking a balance between complexity versus what's simple, what's complex. But uh, Civilization Revolution, on the other hand, which was meant to be more of a, a simplified version of civilization, actually for me was a perfect balance. Um, it was simpler than a lot of people would prefer, but if they could kind of take a cue from that, make it slightly more complex, um, without all the added layers of bullshit that are just, you know, time wasting micromanaging stuff. Yeah. Anyway. So I'll probably buy that when it goes on sale. Um, and the last one I have is total war Warhammer. Now I'm not a fan of Warhammer. I think it's kind of generic bullshit fantasy affair, but, uh, I like watching Total War Let's Plays, and I think it'll, it'll be kind of a fun thing to watch people do Let's Plays of. I'm not going to buy it myself. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for it? Uh, I think I might have. It's a pretty cool ago. trailer. I like watching anyone play Total War games. Total War games are just fucking fun to watch. <laughs> I think you and I have a different definition of fun, but... Very fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Let's move on to our final segment. This week. Uncharted 4 came out recently, and general consensus across the board was positive. Um, there were some complaints saying it's, it's you know the formula's become kind of stale and stuff, but generally, game received about 8 out of 10 on yeah. average across the board. Generally, the only thing that I'm seeing about it is that people are like choosing themselves over how pretty it is and yeah. like how nice the physics are. Yeah. So I uh, know like almost nothing other than that about the game. Uncharted is one of the big name series I actually haven't played myself, so I know it's really popular, and I loved The Last of Us, and the gameplay is somewhat similar, So, um, but I've just never played it, so I can't really speak to that. I played two of them for PS3. Was it pretty similar to The Last of Us? Yeah. Yeah. Gameplay-wise, yeah. at least. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, the reason this is the worst thing is because, as there always tends to be, there were a couple of reviewers... More than a couple, but, you know, basically any reviewer who gave the game a negative review received severe backlash from fans. You know, just like all, like, series that are, you know, popular and the games are, are, are usually highly scored. If you're a reviewer who gives it a negative review, then you face a shit ton of negative, horrible stuff from people. So, uh, a good example of this uh, is the Washington Post review of the game, which was... Uh, written by Michael Thompson, who is kind of generally known for his contrarian views. He wrote like a segment on IGN called the Contrarian Corner for a while and stuff, <laughs> stuff like So this isn't like some random guy who doesn't know about video games writing this review. He's just a guy. He's very intentionally contrarian. Yeah, yeah. It's his, it's his shtick. Yeah. 
anyway, he wrote a negative review for the game, and then it resulted in, of course, as you might expect, people saying horrible things to him over Twitter, email, mm-hmm. um, threats, blah, 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 blah. And um, a petition that receives thousands of signatures demanding that the review be taken down from the Washington Post and Metacritic. Um, so in addition to like, you know, trying to bully this guy and threaten him and whatnot for a negative review that they just disagree with. They're just trying to like yoink away his freedom of speech. Like your opinion is shit. (laughs) Take it off the internet. Seems a common theme today, not just in the video game world, but a lot of different places where I disagree with your opinion. So you shouldn't have that. And I'm going to make you not be able to talk about it. But in terms of this specifically, this drives me crazy. This happens pretty much every time a big game comes out like this and the odd reviewer gives a negative review. Yeah. Or sometimes it's even when, you know, the game receives a 7 out of 10 when the fans saw it. They're like, no, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck do you care? Why do you care? Right? Why would somebody actually give a shit if a game that they happen to like was reviewed poorly by somebody else? You know, we could scratch our heads over this for all of eternity. I don't think the three of us will ever understand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I read the review, too. The full review that um, people were really pissed off at him about. Yeah. And I just thought that it was, like, a generally kind of poopy, lame, but very average review of yeah. a video game. It wasn't even particularly vitriolic. It was just like, I dislike this game because the story doesn't make sense. Why doesn't he just day trade for his money? And I'm just like, <laughs> God, it's a video game. Like, it was very clear to me that the author was trying to be contrarian because yeah. he didn't actually have many like critical criticisms of the game right. itself. It's just like, it was nothing. Right. <laughs> it elicited almost zero emotional response for me. I can't conceptualize caring about it so much. I read it too. It was not a particularly well-written review. And the guy seemed like, eh, well, whatever, dude. Yeah. Um, I just had some sand in his vagina. But it's like... The thing is, though, is that the people... Like, these people are <laughs> signing petitions saying the review should be taken down, that Metacritic should take down the, the score, and that... And they're sending threats to this guy saying, don't write any more reviews or you're a piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. You're going to get hurt. I read one of the tweets that was just like, hey, I read this guy lives in New York. Any of my New York buddies think they can find him? I'm just like, (laughs) Jesus. But I get shit as a developer of a game from people all the time who say that I stifle criticism and delete negative reviews of the game when I don't stifle criticism and I have no capacity to delete negative reviews of my game. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I am actually physically incapable. I literally cannot delete steam reviews. Like I have no power and I wouldn't want to anyway. I don't give a shit. And so these same people who like act like it's censorship. If a game developer, you know, responds to criticism or whatever and say you're fucking like censoring and blah, 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 want to fucking censor somebody like literally censor them and bully them into not writing again. Um, This time it's different, Ben. Yeah, it's the same goddamn thing. (laughs) It's like the Gamergate people. Like they talk about, oh, there's no integrity in video game journalism, blah, 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 blah. But I guarantee these are the same, some of the same fucking people. They say, oh, well, the, the, you know, video game reviews are bought and paid for, blah, blah, blah. Somebody writes a negative review of a game they like and suddenly, you know, this person should not be writing reviews. Mm -hmm. So there's just no consistency in the way people in the gaming community approach this you know just that that sect of like people who for some reason give a shit about what a review score a game gets but like to play devil's advocate sort of here uh how else are are people supposed to know that someone is shitty at making reviews about something like 
like we have, we do have a lot of sh- like shit critics out there doing shit reviews of things and and they get a lot of like publicity on um like stuff like Metacritic or uh yeah but like I mean how else are, are people uh, people need to probably somehow let the watch them post or whatever and know that this guy is shit at making reviews well, okay that's a fair point but in order to do that, you don't have to make death threats or threats no, of physical of harm. Not. You don't have to demand that he never write an article again <laughs> or demand that his current article get deleted. I think it's more about like the reasoning behind why they're so pissed off, too. Because if they were just pissed off because it was like a bad, poorly written review, which it can be like perfectly argued that it is, then that's fine. But they're actually just pissed because he kind of poo-pooed one of their favorite games, which is a bad reason to get up in arms. Yeah, so basically, um, they're not looking to improve... The, the situation. game reviewing community. Yeah, they're looking to punish <laughs> this guy for writing a negative review of their game. But there's probably some out there who who actually just want to improve the game reviewing community. I as actually well. did read a couple of tweets <laughs> no, that of were. Of course, there are. There yeah. always are. There's always a reason. I'm just people. wondering. Like, I mean, it's like one or the other. Like, it's like we have to either put up with like shit reviews from people, or like we're like these monsters who are like censoring everything. Censoring everything. Like, I don't know. It's no, it's not one or the Weird. other. It, it's fucking have a reasonable level-headed response. If, if somebody writes a review you think is unfair or poorly written, then point that out. But don't sit there and create a petition to get the review deleted, threaten them. You know, there's a balance. There's a way to approach things without trying to burn somebody down. Or call them a gaylord. Yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the petitions somebody... might not be a terrible thing. No, no. A petition to delete somebody's fucking article? Yeah. Why? I mean, people need to know somehow that that. Why would you have a petition to delete somebody's opinion? Well, I mean, uh... <laughs> what's the rationale for deleting somebody's opinion of something, of a, of a game? Because the Washington Post needs to get a better person on their staff doing reviews, I guess. Or... If that was the case, I think I'd make a petition that's just like this: reviewer tends to write shit articles. Please find somebody else to write better articles or something like that. But yeah, don't you don't sign it. You don't do a petition to um, just have this shit outright deleted. Well, I guess so. If, if you're trying to make a point about what a poorly written article it is, then what you should do is write your own article and point out the inconsistencies, the poor parts about it, and respond rationally and um, have people speak out. Yeah, listen. For these reasons, this article is bad, and so go read the article. Um, and then read the counterpoints and then maybe, uh, in the future, this guy will improve his writing, um, or Washington post will reevaluate what he's doing and talk to him. And that's really only if your problem is his, uh, analysis and writing style. If your problem is simply that he didn't like the game that you like, then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. You've laid out a blueprint for these people to now follow. (laughs) you're, you're You're saying the petition to delete it's okay. I'm saying it's not okay on any level. Well, remember a few years back, once more than a few years back, it was like whenever Toy Story 3 came out, like 2007, 2008, Toy Story 1 and 2 had a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Toy Story 3, one of the reviewers wrote a negative review about it out of all like the official reviewers. Yeah. So the game has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. People flipped the fuck out because they wanted to have all three Toy Stories have 100% Rotten Tomatoes. People are goobers. Yeah. Like, why the fuck do you care? Why would, why would that be 100% anyway? That, that movie had a lot of flaws. <laughs> oh, I think Isn't Rotten Tomatoes just like a thumbs up or a thumbs down kind of system? Because so it's more generally just, it's what well, in terms of the rating they do. It's a positive negative. Exactly. So it's like um, it would be 100 because enough people thought that it was like more good than it was bad. Yeah. So not 100% good. 
Just that 100% of the people that reviewed it thought it was more good than yeah. bad, which yeah. is fair enough. Um, so Rot, it, like uh, that, like the positive or negative thing is a poison on like the reviewing community. I think like, oh, it's not absolutely. a good gauge for how good or bad anything actually fucking is. Right. I think that the way steam reviews work from users is really poor. Like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like that yeah. doesn't, that's not because it assigns like quantitative measurement to a game from like, this game was okay to this game was the fucking best game that I played. That's the same measurement. Right. And it definitely shouldn't be. Or even, you know, um, I'm kind of neutral on this game too. I fucking hate it. Don't buy it. Exactly. So <laughs> what I would really like to see is a good site that has like a numeric breakdown of different aspects of the game. So like story, graphics, gameplay, soundtrack yeah. kind of thing. Maybe not soundtrack, but something like that. And really, I, I just think, you know, what would be awesome um, with Steam reviews, get rid of the thumbs up, thumbs down completely. Just let people write their opinion of the game. Now, it's not going to allow people to do a quick glance at a game and say, oh, do I like, you know, is, is, is this well-reviewed or not well-reviewed? They're actually going to have to read the fucking reviews and make their own mind up, you know? Yeah, I think that that would be great if they kept the system where people could um, say that, like, this review is helpful. Yes. That absolutely. is fantastic. Yep, yep I agree. Because yeah. it makes all, like, the cream rise to the top. Like, you get all of those really long... Unless you get brigaded, um, but yes. That's yep. true. I remember, I remember with your game, I remember a few reviews that were really fucking ridiculous where, like, someone would, like, bitch about something that was, like, they couldn't figure it out and then, like, do a negative and then, like, they'd change a positive after they figured it out, but they kept the fucking review the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they uh, just, like, edit, I figured it out, guys? Yeah, or... kind of. Like, people are just so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, another part about this or another thing i read while researching this uh story um were several reviewers for um who had worked for big sites before talked about how in the past when they had written their honest review of a game that was um uh more negative than the general consensus uh their editor said they held the review and said we're not going to publish this because it doesn't match up with the consensus because they did, they were afraid of this backlash. So like that's what you're getting, people who do this. You complain via Gamergate that there's no honesty in jur- game journalism, blah, 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 and then you fucking stifle dissenting viewpoints, and you want them to feel like they shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion or publish their opinion, and that you know your fucking hive mind mob should determine what's truth and what's not. And it's just, it's bullshit. So now I don't, I think I'm not talking to our listeners specifically, but more to people who are probably not even going to listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah, because they're a bunch of fucking wackos. But yeah, just, um, there's so much hypocrisy here. Um, so, so like I said, like if someone whispers that I've ever stifled criticism in the past, I'll get, you know, brigaded by a bunch of people saying this developer stifles criticism when there's no fucking proof I've done that. And I haven't done it because I don't. Um, or that I've deleted Steam. That's my favorite. When I get accused of deleting Steam reviews, people like go post like this developer's deleted Steam reviews. Blah blah. I can't fucking do it. I just wonder if they think that you're like knocking on Steam's door and crying at them, just like please get rid of this. Gee, it's, 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 it's just the people just love to like have a bad guy to like hate. It's just the redditification of the internet. The redditification of the internet. Yeah, basically, yeah. that's what I think. Like people just like to be all grouped together and into little complaint groups. That, that just... happened way before Reddit, but yeah, I know. 
but that's that's it's not actual Reddit a lot of the time. Like it, you know, it could be on something awful or, or you know. Yeah. I, think, I think Reddit is just a place where you can see that laid bare pretty easily versus other places. Yeah, because yeah. of the upvote downvote yeah. system. Yeah, but it's everywhere. But yeah, Reddit's a good example of it. Yes, it sure is. <laughs> Reddit is so grossly hive mindy because of that system. It's yeah. weird. Oh god, it, it is gross. Twilight Zone of people. No one has their own original thoughts like me. <laughs> but I don't really read shit on the internet too often either. So okay, guys. Well, that wraps up worst thing. Unless you have any other anything else to add? Um, nothing particularly awful. I have something kind of happy to add. Okay. Um, do you guys have any interest in Overwatch at all? No. Yes, ish. I have an increasing interest in it. Um, just because of like the huge portfolio of characters that it has and I've been watching gameplay and it looks like it's just like a really polished balanced kind of game and I haven't been able to get into anything like that for a long time so I'm just like maybe maybe I'll play it but anyways um, they have a series of animated shorts out and they're actually really fucking cool oh really yeah so if you guys get the free time you should watch them it's basically just like background trailers for each of the characters and there are so many but they're just fucking gorgeous by animated do you mean animated in-game engine or uh cg or cg animated C- yep cool yep. so they're really nice um blizzard man over the years they've proven that they they like kind of almost defined the industry in terms of those C- those cg mm-hmm. you know animations back all the way from like diablo starcraft and all that yeah that's cool that's cool when does that come out they just took down beta like last week okay. because it's coming out in like a month or something like okay. that. Wait, no, I think it's actually end of this month. The end. end. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I probably will check it out at some point. I, I'm kind of interested in it, but all right. Well, uh, that wraps up today's podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, all the usual outlets. Visit gamersmustdie.com for blog posts about the episodes and all that. And yeah, we will catch you later. Later.